band are really, they're, they're rocking this morning behind me. It's great, really wonderful. And there's people in front of me, and it's great, really, really, really good to, to see you. I mean, it's good to see you. Well, I'm looking at a camera right now, but uh, it's, 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 it's wonderful to be beginning to gather together and enjoy worshipping the Lord. And uh, one, what I want to do now is what we look to do each week is to take God's word written and spoken in the past and take the experiences of ordinary men and women as they engaged with God and his word and, and uh, tried, began to put their trust in him. And I want to take those things and, and learn, make, apply it to us today. How can we engage with, with God, with his, his word? How can we uh, take this into our lives to affect the way that we live our life tomorrow. So that's what I want to be doing this morning. And um, because last week, we, uh, Toby was, was uh, t- telling us about Rahab, this t- dear lady, um, making costly choices, costly decision to put her faith in, in, in the Lord. Um, so last week it was Rahab, this week it's Joshua. Joshua's got a, he's got a moment ahead of him. He's, he's got a, a challenging moment ahead of him. How is he going to engage with God's word? How is he going to let it affect his life? And let me ask the question of you this morning, as, as, we, as I go through this passage, how, how is it going to engage with your heart and life, the situations that you're living in right now? That's what we ask every time we open the Bible. Bible Lord, make this live for me. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and warm our hearts. Look, there's many, many different situations of our lives that are very real to us individually this morning. And I pray that your word will come right in and, and be effective into our lives. In the name of Jesus, I ask it. So we're in Joshua, and we're in chapter 3. It's a moment. Verse 1. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. And then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Don't go too near it. So Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I'm with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. 
Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the, all of those, all of them. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests were carrying the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth sets foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now, the Jordan is in flood or during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarephan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Araba, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all people passed until the whole nation had, completely, had completed the crossing on dry ground. I want to begin by asking you a question. What, what is a Christian? What's a Christian? Someone who's born in England? Here, I've got a hand going up over there. I'm sure it's a great answer, but I haven't got time to come over there for that one. Um, but what is a Christian? Is it someone born in England in a Christian country? Well, obviously not. Majority of people born in a in a in England wouldn't even assume wouldn't even assume themselves to be a Christian. So, what is a Christian? Is it um, someone who? believes in God. Well, the book of James tells us that uh, the demons believe in God. So that's clearly not enough either. Okay, so maybe is a Christian someone who believes in Jesus? Well, we're getting closer. The question really is, well, what do they believe? If, if you believe that he's a good man? No, sorry, not enough. Okay, so maybe you believe... He was the son of God. Getting warmer. Okay, so uh, maybe you believe that he w went to the cross to die on a cross in our place so that we could be forgiven and come back to God. Getting very close now, but you're still not quite there. You see, a Christian is someone, yes, who is... They've heard the gospel, they've heard the good news about Jesus, and they've, they've believed that Jesus was the Son of God, and that he went to the cross, and that he rose again, and that he's alive. But it's a little bit more. They've understood their own personal need for a saviour. You can believe all those things, and it can make no difference to you. But if you, if you believe the, the, the gospel about Jesus and... and uh, and you've come to understand, wow, I need a saviour. I, I, I can see the, 
the grot of my life. I can see how I've just, uh, I've just turned my back on God. I need a saviour. And then when we begin to do that and put our trust in the Lord, the Bible says we're born again. The risen Lord Jesus comes into our lives. And here's the key that we're looking at this morning. We're called to follow him. In fact, Jesus uh, he had a little encounter in the New Testament in Luke's gospel where a, a really good guy, he said to Jesus, good master, what have I got to do to get eternal life? What, what, what will it take for me to be, to, to be forgiven and have a hope and a future? And, and uh, uh, Jesus replied, well, you know all the commandments. Yes, yes, not to commit adultery, not to murder, not to steal, not to give false testimony, honor mother and father. I've done all these things since I was a boy. And when Jesus said to him, when he said that Jesus said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. My dear friends, being a Christian is someone who's put their trust in Jesus as their saviour. They've been born again, that wonderful miracle of new birth, and they've begun to follow Jesus. Jesus said again and again, follow me, follow me, follow me. And the question that I'm going to bring to you this morning, I preach in three parts. I'm going to stop in a moment. We'll come back and sing. I, I want to speak about following Jesus because, you see, it's a walk of faith. How many of you know, know that when you became a Christian, it's wonderful being forgiven and having a, a hope and a future. But as the time went by, there were challenges. Am I right? Anyone here ever had a challenge in trying to be a Christian and follow Jesus? It, there were challenges. You suddenly found that people around you were maybe taking the mick. Maybe you weren't quite as cool as you, you felt you were before. Maybe you're beginning to feel a bit challenged about some of the things in your life, some of the things that you're doing when no one's looking, or perhaps even when people are looking. And you're thinking, blow, this is a bit costly. And so you, a bit like the children of Israel, they've come out of Egypt, way, I'm forgiven. But walking into the future, following Jesus, it kind of was a bit costly. And maybe, maybe like some of the children of Israel, you thought, blow, I'm thinking of going back. It was a bit easier. I'm not sure I like this, the challenge of this walk of faith. Is that right? So my three points this morning. The first one is the, the challenges to faith. Second point is going to be the focus of faith. And then I'm going to speak about the fruit of faith. So the challenges of faith, they're real. You, you, you know they're real. Following Jesus can be costly. Challenges. It's un it can be uncomfortable. Changing changes of lifestyle, maybe some relationships that, 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 that the Lord begins to speak to you about. It, it, it's not godly. The way you use, you, you, I don't know, your, your money, your, your life, the challenges of faith. 
Folks, the, the theme of the book of Joshua is the same as the theme of the book of Hebrews at the end here, end of the Bible. It, the theme, theme is really, let us go on. Come on, let us go on. Come on, the walk of faith, being a Christian, it's a walk of faith following Jesus. It's not easy. There's challenges to faith that might make you think, I want to go back. This is too costly. I'm not as cool as I used to be. The theme of this study we're doing here with Joshua, let us go on. Come on. Let us go on. Hebrews 6.11, we want each one of you to have the same diligence to the end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. Oh. We don't want you to become sluggish, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Folks, as Christians, we're called to follow Jesus, and it's a walk of faith. There are obstacles to faith. So what is faith? Well, let me give you a simple definition. Faith is gathering up all the cares and concerns of your life and the future and entrusting them to the Lord Jesus, believing that he has taken care of you. That's faith. It's not trying harder, gritting your teeth, oh, I'm going to try really harder to do this. That's not faith. It's not sort of imagining good things. Oh, I'm going to imagine, if I imagine this for long enough, maybe it'll happen. Not the power of positive thinking, no, no. Faith He's gathering up all the cares and the concerns and the ambitions of your life and bringing them to the Lord Jesus, believing that he cares for you, that he died for you, and he wants to bring you home. That's faith. So this morning, whatever challenges you're facing right now, I want to encourage you. It's an opportunity. I could say, I've got to move on because my time's going... It's it, 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 it a challenging moment. Joshua, he's standing there in front of this great big river. The river's still there. The problem is still there. And God says, come on, take a step. If I was Joshua, I'd probably say, come on, Lord, you open up the water first, and then I'll start walking. Wouldn't you? I would. Lord, I want to see something. I no, come on. And it's not just that. It's in flood. The jolly river's in flood. Oh, Lord, couldn't you have picked an easier moment for this? when it was a bit more like a, a brook. It's in flood. Lord, this is too much. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for the grace of God. Uh, look, just look in verse 3. It says here, if you look at verse, verse 3, it goes, as you step out, verse 4, then you will know. Then you'll know. You're going you're gonna to you're gonna know some things. If you will trust and step out, you're going to grow. Then you will know. It's got the same thing there in uh, a little bit further on in verse 5. Sorry, verse, it's in verse 3. It's in verse 5. You will know. And it's in verse, so it's in verse 7. The Lord said to Joshua, today I'll begin to, to exalt you that they may know that I'm with you. And then again in verse 10, it says here again, this is how you will know that the living God is with you. As you see these challenges, opportunity, it's an opportunity that you will know that the living God is with you. Do you want some of that? Do you want to know that the living God is with you? Well, 
challenges to faith are an opportunity for that to happen. Andy, come up here with you. I'm going to tell you a little story. I haven't asked John Mullander about it, John and Holly, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Sorry, John. I hope that's okay. I got this little text from John a week ago. We're doing okay, a little weary, after six months of not knowing where we'll be living next. We have to be out of this house in a couple of weeks. So we're discovering what it means to simply stand firm and trust God fresh every new day. We have a house viewing today. This was a week ago. It looks amazing, but there's going to be a, a lot in capitals, a lot of applicants. So it'll likely come down to whether the Lord, whether the landlord, oh, I should have left out the land, shouldn't I? Whether the landlord chooses us. Appreciate your prayers. A few days later, this came. The landlord chose us. God is faithful. Thanks for praying. Folks, it's a walk of faith. But faith is an opportunity for you to discover that the living God is with you. Andy, lead us in a song. Just bring whatever you're facing today, lift it to the Lord, believing that he cares for you. Thanks, Andy. Folks, there's the focus of our faith. When you're facing the, those obstacles of faith, make Jesus the focus of your faith. How close are you walking how close are you walking? On a daily basis, are you getting up and just giving each day to the Lord? Just, did you spot there, verse 1? Early in the morning, Joshua. <laughs> How close are you walking? Especially if you're going through difficult times. Keep your focus on Jesus. Walk close. It's an opportunity to know his presence more beautifully, more closely, more wonderfully. So we've had the, the challenges to faith. We've, we've had the, the focus of faith. What's the fruit of faith? Well, it's, it's very simple. I've got three little points here. The leading of God, the presence of God, and the glory of God. So the leading of God. Here it is in verse 3. I read it earlier on. When you see the ark moving, move out and follow it. Follow it. And you will know the leading of the Lord. You've not been here before, it says there in uh, verse 4. You've never been this way before. You'll know that I'm with you. You'll know the leading of the Lord when you step out. The second thing is you'll know the presence of the Lord. Verse 7 and verse 10. The living God among you, the presence of... Oh, it, the, they could have stayed in the wilderness, going nowhere, going around in circles, in... I think many Christians end up in no man's land. They've, they've been forgiven. They've come out of Egypt. They've been forgiven, but they're going around in circles. There's no joy. Just going around in circles. There's, there's promises. There's a promise of God's presence, his leading, his glory. If you start to walk by faith, the presence of the Lord. And then verse 10 the glory of the Lord. This is, a, this is beautiful. <laughs> Tomorrow, verse 5, the Lord will do amazing things among you, wonderful things among you. You see, it's all for the glory of God. When you and I 
begin to walk by faith, entrusting our lives to him, it pleases the heart of God. It brings glory to him. It's precious to him. When you dare to trust, they're like Joshua, oh Lord, the, the river's still there. But it, it brings glory to the Lord. He loves it when you trust him and step out. It's what you, you were made for, the glory of God. And, and as you, in the challenges you face, dare to trust in him and, 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 and step out, go forward, it brings glory to him. Do you want to see God do some beautiful things? Do you want to, do you want to see God doing wonders in your life? Oh, I do. Oh, I really do. I do. I do. Challenges of faith are not much fun. They're really not. The focus of faith, though, is, is, is precious, beautiful. And the fruit of faith lasts forever. It lasts forever. I'll close with this from 2 Corinthians 4. We have treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We may be hard-pressed on every side, yes, but we're not crushed. We may be perplexed, yes, but not in despair. We may be persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We may be struck down, but we're not destroyed. It goes on in verse 14, because we know the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us up. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes upon Jesus. Dear, dear church family, whatever you are facing right now, it's an opportunity for you as you keep your focus on the Lord Jesus. It's an opportunity for you to discover the presence and the beauty and the the glory of God in your life and it brings great glory to him in the process. We're going to break bread right now and I'm going to ask uh, Marcus to come up and lead us. It's an appropriate thing to do just to come before the Lord as we close, come towards the close of our meeting. So just to come and bring everything to the Lord Jesus. So Marcus, would you come and, and lead us? Thank you.